The following podcast is a Carolina Boys production. Welcome back, everyone, to Crime and Entertainment. I'm your host, Hollywood Wade. We're getting caught up on the audio side of things for the podcast. We've been pumping them out on YouTube over the break, but I'm just now getting to dropping them on the audio. As you know, we released five of them last week. So here is one of the first ones we're dropping. It was with Jen Feldy, a.k.a. L-Man. <clears throat> now, I had a chance to talk and meet with Jen uh, in some of my trips to New York over this past year, very talented young lady. She's a model, actress, fitness instructor, health coach, life coach, very, very knowledgeable individual. And we just had a good conversation about all things involving life and mental health and physical health and, you know, taking care of yourself and how the importance of mental health is. So give it a listen here. You'll find it quite entertaining. She was on edibles and she didn't tell me that after it was over, but I couldn't tell a bit. So you tell me if you think you could find out if she was on edibles, listen to here to L man on crime and entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to crime entertainment. We have here a very entertaining guest. I had the pleasure of meeting this young lady. What about a couple of months ago when I was mm-hmm. visiting New York, please welcome to crime and entertainment. L man. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Sound effects button. At? Oh. And the crowd cheer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do sound effects. <laughs> if you haven't noticed. So, Thank I'm you for having me on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to have you. I've been waiting to get you on here. Um, so like I said, we met a couple months ago at a, uh, studio up in New York and I got to tell you, and I'm gonna be honest and I don't know if I've ever told you this uh-huh. then, but so you were doing the comedic stand-up bit in the beginning. Right. right. And then we kind of had a break. They changed everything around. Then you come back out dressed similar to how you are now. Totally different. Right. And I asked the guy sitting beside me, I can't remember, I think it was John Livia. I was like, I said, who's that? And he said, that's who was doing the thing. I was like, no fucking way. I did not yeah. know that was the same person. I saw my hand to God. I didn't know. I didn't know. That's I didn't so realize they were the same person. Yeah. People were a little confused. It was, it was strange. I have video of it, but I was, I was dressed as uh, I was supposed to be uh Vinny Gigante. Vincent the yeah. I was supposed to be him talking to his daughter. Very strange act. Um, and it's very confusing too. Just a little side note: if anyone is ever in a situation where you're recording for TV and you have a live audience, your live audience often can't hear you if you're not mic'd for the room. So a lot of the room I heard couldn't hear me in the first row, and I found this out hours later. And I'm like, oh, because if you miss a word in comedy, you miss the whole joke. Yeah. So and and I wasn't sure if we were supposed to laugh or not with it being recorded. So like things you were saying were funny, but I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh or not. And then I heard other people starting to laugh. I'm like, all right, well, I'm laughing because this is funny. <laughs> I just saw Michael Dowd's white hat and I saw his big smile and I saw Reggiano's big smile. And uh, I saw Jason, my boyfriend, looking awkwardly back at me. And I'm just like, this, this is the most awkward situation I've ever performed in ever. Because it was like people were afraid to laugh or they didn't want to laugh. Or I was like, maybe they hate me. I think everybody was a little unsure because originally I believe we were supposed to do it live. And then due to technical Mm -hmm. complications, I think we changed it up. So I think it was a little unsure, 
but I got a kick out of it. And, and the lights were bright. Yeah, the lights were bright. The lights are bright on the audience. So when the lights are bright in the audience and you have people that have a history of killing people in the audience, maybe you're, you know, not so compelled to, to laugh and do yeah. things. Yeah. And you definitely lights, don't want to do a bad job up there either because you, <laughs> you want to make sure everybody has a good time. Um, well, I, that's why I have my lights dimmed. So I'm yeah. comfortable right now. I don't have my lights bright, you know. Had you, uh, did you know who Vinny the Chin was? I mean, did you, were you familiar with him? Not my whole life, but, but yeah, no, I, I, I listened to hours I'd heard of, and then I did a shitload of research and then I was very familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. He played crazy and played dumb and wore a bathrobe around. And I relate to that. Cause I used to play crazy and mentally ill to get out of school in high school. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people to this day still think I'm absolutely crazy just cause I wanted to get out of school. <laughs> yeah. I've done a lot of crazy stuff to get out of school myself. Um, Speaking of school, like, so where do you, I mean, obviously you're, you're in New York area now. Is that where you grew up? Yep. Grew up uh, at 17 to 27. You're still growing up in your twenties and we're still growing up, you know, until the day we die. There's yeah. I was about to say, I, we're still I'm living still growing but, up now. <laughs> but DC, yeah. 17 to 27 was DC, Maryland and Virginia. And the rest was New York, Long Island. Aside from that. Okay. So like the, the comedy and the acting, did was that something that kind of hit you at a young age? You knew this was yeah, something you wanted to do? Always. Yeah. My, my dad said he brings it up. He thinks it's really funny. Um, At a young age, I said, what's this? Ha, ha, ha. And my dad said, that's laughter. I said, it feels good. It feels good in my belly. It feels good when I go, ha, ha, ha. And Janice makes me go, ha, ha, ha. So I always, you know, like to laugh. And I always got off on that from a young age. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I, th- I get that from a lot of performers because we've had comedians on the show. We've had actors on the show. And I think it's just one of those things that where whether you're a sports star or whatever, it's just kind of in you at a real early age. Now, granted, I know some people, you know, get yeah. into things like this a little bit later on in life. But I think the ones that really have the passion for it. Um, yeah. It's at a young age and you're doing a lot of stuff. I mean, since we became friends on Facebook, I mean, you're doing a lot of stuff. You stay working. You're like the busiest guy yeah. looking at your Facebook. Like you wear me out. Well, you know what it is? I don't do a lot of things. I, I don't I almost never go to dinner, go to drinks. I parties. I've partied so much. I mean, so, so much until 27, 28. It just, it bores me. And I even tried several times in the last couple of years. And I'm like, I have more fun getting paid to, to perform somewhere or go somewhere or host something um, than I do at a fancy party with free food and free drinks and just standing around. I'm so done with the standing around. So, you know, I feel bad sometimes because I want to be a normal human, um, but I'd rather just do interesting things. So I basically just do interesting things and see my family and my dog. So it gives you the time and energy to, to do these things. Otherwise, forget it. I'd never be able to have the time. Yeah, and meet cool you know, people. Sacrificing. I mean, the the party. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like me. Um, the the party you were just at, uh, Halloween. I was supposed to be up there. I came down with the flu, so obviously I didn't want to bring that up there and you know be coughing and sneezing on everybody. So I, I hate I missed it because it looked like a blast. I mean, you got interviews. Yeah, it was fun. With Michael Dow, Ruggiano, Tommy Flash. Mm-hmm. I love to hear Tommy Flash talk. Tommy Flash. Uh, I mean, Tiny Flash, Mike Dowd, Reggiano, all three give 
you know, great interviews. Tommy yeah. Flash, I, I just finished editing the interview today. I only maybe left out 30 seconds. The entire interview was clippable. Every single thing was almost like I set him up. Clip, clip, yeah. clip. The guy's quotable. He's hilarious. And he's the only person in the last few years that actually scared me. No bullshit. <laughs> and I told him that. He scared me because I gave him bunny ears in a photo. And I thought he was actually made. He said, don't give me fucking bunny ears. And he said something. And he called something else. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. This guy who's murdered people is mad. Oh, my God. And then he's like, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he actually tricked me. I was, I was afraid. He got me when we were at the dinner um, after the, the first place we were all together. And he said, you need some get the. And you were like, what? And he's like, some get the. And you're like, what's get the? And he's like, get the fuck out of here is what you need to do. I was <laughs> I never heard that before until he said that. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. just, the way he delivered it was just was just spot on. But yeah, I mean, that was that was some great stuff you guys had up there. And what you had a burlesque dancer up there, too. Yeah, there was a burlesque dancer. I had to stop injury Michael Dow because I'm like, oh, lady's taking her clothes off. Oh, yeah. He, so, you know, you that happened that. twice. <laughs> yeah, I that, like that clothes off or a guy. It's interesting. You know, the human body is interesting to me. So, you know, that was cool. It's very, you know, we got a lot of porn stars lately on the show. On, on yeah. crime and entertainment. Would We're starting to get hot. Would would I? Ever be a, yeah, yeah. If I was, uh, yeah, yeah, I would. I was about to, I was about to think I didn't want to say size. I was about to say just in better shape. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. If I, so I'll tell you right this. And then yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. If I was a girl, definitely. I tell everybody all the time, like if I was a girl, like I would strip and and do porn. Like that would be my money. I would I would not work a day job at all. You know, that's that's funny. See, we have the same birthday, and I have the opposite thing. I always say, if I was a guy. You know, my dad was very good looking. His brother and my cousins are good looking guys. So I just imagine I would be a good looking, super fit guy and I would be a meathead like I am now and super in shape. And I would definitely strip and do this OnlyFans stuff because I could just beat everyone up. The only reason I don't really do that, well, one of the main reasons I can't beat up a bunch of guys. But if I was a guy and people were touching me and sending me weird messages, I'm like, yeah, come at me, bro. I'll just beat you up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I wish I was a guy all the time. For sure. Just take my clothes off. That's that's uh, I got to work hard, you know, and use my use my brain. You know, there was a there was a funny story. Um, uh, I'd say probably about six years ago, this guy I knew uh, he would buy jerseys from me to hang in his bar and then he would like raffle them off throughout the week. And then he told me, he said, hey, you ought to come to this event and you could probably sell a lot of stuff there, you know, because we'd mm -hmm. sell stuff with sports teams and and stuff like that. And I was like, OK, you know, what's the event? And he's like. Uh, it's a little thing we have every year. If you're comfortable, you can come to it. So I'm like, comfortable. And yeah. Like, yeah. yeah so I'm like, all right, well, I didn't, you, he's, you could tell he like, didn't want to tell he was keeping stuff. And I'm like, all right, so what's it, what, what is it? Where is it? And all this. So it's in Columbia, which is near where I live at here in Charleston, South Carolina. And he said, right. it's called nude stock. And I'm like, Why? what? And he's like, yeah, nude stock. He's like, kind of like, you know, Woodstock, but nude. He's like, it's a nudist event. He's like, people right. all over come there. And I was like, so people huh. that come there to be nude might want to buy clothes. And he's like, well, yeah, for later, they're not always nude. So like I had to go, there was no way I was not going to this fucking thing. Right. But it's not what you would, uh, it might be what you expect, but it's definitely not what you were looking for. I'll put it like that. I mean, it was a lot of people up in age. 
that were very comfortable with their self. And I didn't wind up staying very long, but I did feel like I got, got the sense of if I was that old, like they were older, not like, I'm not talking sixties, but you know, definitely forties, fifties, like uh-huh. they, were, they were just having a fucking blast. Like they had a band, like they mm-hmm. had a stage for a band and people would literally leave their campers there. They had this whole setup thing in the woods and they would leave their campers there and then they would just come down for this event. And it's, I don't know if it's still going on, but at one time it was like considered one of the biggest nudist like things ever wow. like from Detroit, New York, all over would come this thing. And I had no idea it was there. Very interesting. I went to the AVN Expo in Miami in 2010, the adult video network. Yeah. I was with a bodybuilding company. And oddly, the guy who hired me on the bodybuilding company died. I had three of my biggest fitness like idols died actually. Uh, so that's a lesson to be careful with supplements. You know, that's a, that's a whole nother, that, that's a great topic to get into, but uh, yeah, there's lots of naked people around. And I found out, uh, I think a year or so later that I ended up on a porn site. I was, you know, I was dressed, I was wearing body paint and someone uh, I asked out to prom told me through a- a- AOL instant messenger at my job. He sends me a, a link with a picture while I'm at my job, I open it up, not safe for work, and it's a porn site, and it's featuring me dressed as a cat in body paint. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm on a porn site. So, you know, <laughs> How old were you? I, 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 I was like 25, 20, I think 24, 25, 24 ish. Uh, I've seen those. Uh, I used to watch a lot of those AVN awards, at least for the, the openers. Like they would usually have comedians. And uh, Jim Norton, I think one year was, mm-hmm. was opening it when I was there. And I, I like him. He's funny to me anyway. And I mean, they would, they flash at audiences. Sometimes they'd have like women going at it, men and women going at it. I mean, they'd damn near be filming a scene in the audience of those things. Really? So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, you know, it's good for you. So sure. It's healthy. It's healthy to get some action. It's good you for know, the celibacy. skin. What about celibacy? Skin. You ever been celibate? No. No? How not? Why not? I, that, that doesn't sound like a good time. It's not. Yeah. I mean, it's that's not. not something I, I think I want to put on my list to really try ever. Like it is character building. You know? I mean, unless I'm forced into a situation like prison, which is un- unfortunate, uh, that would be the only time where I would want to want to go. Right. But it, no. Yeah. That I, I, sex is so much. It does so much for you. Like it, it is stress relieving. Um, you know, obviously it builds self-esteem. I mean, there's so many benefits to it. And I think it's, it's finally starting to be looked at and talked about more and not such a taboo thing. You know, for years it was Mm. people just didn't want to talk about it It was conversations you need to have in quiet or private. And, you know, I talk about this kind of stuff with, with a lot of people now, and I really want to get like a sex therapist on the show, like a legit sex therapist Mm. and just talk to them. Yeah. Because I hear stories of relationships to where like when people are getting into their forties, you know, sometimes it's the men, sometimes it's the women, but one of them lose interest in sex and the other one doesn't. Mm. So they love each other. The love is there. They may have kids or whatever. So the marriage unit is there, but when one wants it and one don't, that creates a problem. Um, which you know, other things. Have you been in that situation where like one of you guys wants, each other when the other one is done 
Luckily, no, not with my wife. Now, before we were married, obviously there was some, you know, relationships where maybe they didn't want it quite as much as, as me. Um, but luckily with my wife, like we're both very, very active. Like she wants, even if we're mad, like we'll still do it. And we'll say that, like, you know, I'm still pissed at you, but you know, we, you know, we got to do this, and, you yeah. know, go ahead and knock it out. Can't say the same. Yeah, no, I feel like yeah. I- I've been married like three or four times. So I, I, I mean, I was just like a 500 year old person. I could tell you all types of situations, you know, what it's very sad when one person loses interest. I've been that person to lose interest and I've been on the receiving end once. Not great. Not great. No, so twice. I mean, like, like this. Yeah. But when you lost interest, was it, and I'm not talking about like having anything to do with that person. I mean, just, was it just, you know, a time in your life you're focusing on work or. I mean, once was like 24, I think it was like 24 ish. And it's like, you know, what am I going to be with this person for the rest of my life? You know, it's like maybe a little wandering eye. Also, I I was super into fitness. I was just about to be a trainer full time. I didn't know it yet, but I got into training full time my first year. And it's like, I was just so obsessed with the vanity and being in shape. And I hadn't yet had a downfall, which I soon had where I lost the ability to work out and even walk. And uh, I just wanted someone who was basically like a Christian Ronaldo, super, super into fitness. And if you weren't, I used to say, if you don't have better abs than me, then I don't want you. I mean, how shallow hell can you get? So now <laughs> I'm 38, you know, that was 14 years ago about and I don't care if a guy has abs. I don't, I, I mean, I care about, you know, looks are somewhat important for sure, but God, I was such a freaking monster. I was, I was like a modeling agent and, and I'm very, it's good that I got humbled. I was celibate for 10 months. I, you know, I taught myself how to be alone. I couldn't walk. I gained like 20 pounds in two months. I lost my looks for a little while. A boyfriend said he pitied me and it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because everyone should get their ass kicked and, kind of lose it all i mean I, I even where i live changed and now it's like hey no matter how good things go i won't become like i was back in 24 because i know what it feels like to be out of shape and broke you don't like your friends you don't like where you live and i'm so thankful for everything now and uh yeah i just try to keep everything happy and respectful and great now i think there's something to be said about you know, maybe not necessarily hitting rock bottom, but definitely like, mm-hmm. you know, being at a low point and, and then building yourself back up because, you know, when I talk to friends of mine now, and I've seen you post similar things like this on Facebook, you know, mm-hmm. I want to talk to like-minded people. I want to talk to people that are striving to do better or striving to do different things. And I feel like I can learn way more from somebody that's tried and failed four or five times, but finally found their niche, mm-hmm. whatever it is they're in fitness, you know, jobs, podcasting, whatever. I can learn so much more from somebody like that than somebody that's already a millionaire, but you know, they got started. They were handed that they were spoon fed right. hey, run this million dollar business. Well, you didn't build that. You know, there's not really right. shit I can learn from you. I want to, I want to talk to the guy or girl that went to the bottom that rebuilt and started something right. and then, came up i can learn so much more from a person like that than somebody that was just given something or inherited something now if you're lucky yeah. enough to be able to do that god bless you but you know not everyone's that lucky <laughs> yeah you know it's like with fitness you know i mean i used to teach fitness whole time but i had sought you know uh guidance from people who just didn't have food cravings they didn't crave junk they didn't 
want to overeat. I, for me, I've never had a problem with cocaine or drugs. I, I do like weed and edibles, uh, but no, food is my drug. Food, very simply put, there's books on food addiction. It's a real thing. Oh, and yeah. they couldn't answer, you know, these people that don't have the tendency to be a total food addict just couldn't answer any of my questions. Whereas me, I have a health guidebook. And when I deal with people who have, these serious addictions, they can't, you know, stop eating ice cream or fast food. It's like, I get it, you know, and I've been there and I've, <laughs> I've been there thousands and thousands of times and been like, I remember one time I went out with a bunch of friends. I think we went to Burger King or, or McDonald's, right? You know, you're in your twenties. I'm sure you've done this. Many of us have, you get drunk, you go out with your friends, you get some fast food. Now it's four or five in the morning and I had the munchies so bad. I'm on the phone in DC in front of my apartment calling up Burger King to see what time they open so I can get more munchies. And it's like, what are you doing, Jen? What are you doing? And <laughs> it, it's things like that that are teachable moments, though. It's like, hey, you want to be calling fast food places after coming back from another fast food? Is this what you want your life to be? No, change something. Yeah, that's uh, and so it's, it's, it's hard, too, for guys like me. Like, I work largely in construction. You know, I'm a blue-collar worker. So... Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. always have the ability to to meal prep or take a good meal. So sometimes it is, you know, kind of got to eat fast. So you got to swing through. I try to eat the healthier option if there is such a thing. So like I will get a chicken sandwich as, as, as opposed to a cheeseburger. Sometimes I might take off the top uh -huh. one, maybe. So I try to do the best I can or and eat the healthiest that I can. But I'm just I do love food. And there was a there was a diet. It was a fad thing. Um Optiva. Have you ever heard of that? Optiva? Um, yes, actually. I had a client that was on it, lost a lot of weight, and I was just on a talk show with a woman who had a massive success story. So well, yeah, I've heard about it, but never tried it. Works. it. Yeah. It's um it's largely, I think if you're on the five and one, basically what it is is you can you can mix up a lot of different things. They call them fuelings, but they give you mm -hmm. like either powders to mix in drinks or little mm -hmm, mm -hmm. protein bars or or there's other things you can have, but you only really eat one meal. And okay. I did it for a good little while. And I did lose a lot of weight. And I was thinking like I was going to be starving to death. And right. for the most time I was okay. I was good, but there would be some nights to where I have trouble going to sleep. So I have to take Ambien to make me sleep. Well, for some mm -hmm. reason, when I take Ambien, I get hungry as hell. And I remember right. one night, yeah. even though I was a little loopy from the Ambien, I remember just going down and just like eating a bunch of bad shit and like a lot of it. And I was just like, why mm -hmm. am I doing this? I'm not even really that hungry, but it's just like, I don't know. And, it, and then eventually I wound up getting off of it. It wasn't the cheapest thing in the world either, um, but it did. It did show results. Now, I'm not sure what you could do with longevity of that. I mean, I don't know if that would be good long term, but I think it would definitely probably help someone kind of kickstart their healthy journey. I think it would be up to you to probably maintain it because I don't think that's something you could or should do for like an extended period of time. Right, right. Well, it's always good to try different diets. Like people say, oh, I tried this diet. You know, I, I'm so stupid. I did, you know, the Atkins or whatever. It's like, you know what? I like when people try as many things as possible because that's how you learn. So if you can yeah. get better and take the best of every single diet, which is my diet that I wrote, you know, it's it's things I've invented and things you take it from South Beach diet, Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, Rotto 4, vegan, meat, carnivore diet. You just, you know, learn from as many people, things as possible and figure out what works for you. Yeah. And if you don't want to do that, then consult someone who's done the research and 
get it from them. But consult many people have done the research because humans are very flawed beings and uh, everyone's going to tell you something different. Correct. And, and they're all going to think that they're right. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's uh, that actually reminds me. I was listening to a show. It's a guest I've got coming up and he was a wrongful, wrongfully convicted. He was in jail for, I want to say 10 years, but he now his name's Ryan Ferguson. And now he's like really fit. I think he's into bodybuilding. I know he done like the amazing race um, with a, a friend of his. But while in jail, it was towards the end of his time when he was about to get out. I think he said it was the last five months he was in jail. He he began trying to, like, get in better shape to defend himself just because he was very young at the time. And he was going in a maximum security prison, which is basically full of, like, the, the baddest, worst fucking guys right. you want to be around. So he was doing it to, I mean, number one, to help take care of himself. But to help to, to protect him, you know, against other people. Yeah. And he actually yeah. wrote a book, like a full book. And I, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's like success, something, something. But it was like how to get the best results, the quickest and, and get bigger while you're doing it. And obviously oh. all this is like legit because he's, he's doing this off prison food right. and regular workouts. So he I was just yeah. thinking to myself, I'm wow. like, so if I can't follow the book from a guy that was in prison, you know, and the right. food they have in there. I mean, hopefully, you know, you haven't never been there, but the, the, the food is not very, yeah. uh, at least from what I, I've never been to prison. I've been to County a few times and food is awful in there, but uh, yeah, if he can do yeah. that in there, then that's, there's something to be said for that. So like you said, I think consult a lot of different people. That's all. Well, you could say, you know, if he could do it, but he also has less distractions. And a lot of times, you know, when you're in a comfortable chair, it's hard to get out of a comfortable chair. When you're in prison, it's like you're pushed to do it. So yeah. in a lot of ways, it might be easier to stick to a diet in prison. And side note, New York City is so fucking crazy with the crime. I think it sounds like people should probably take his diet on how to get bigger and defend yourself. Because if you're just going to go to the deli in New York City, you kind of need to know how to defend yourself. And I want to say that this guy was from New York City. It's like... The last mm -hmm. three cases I've been I've been studying up on and researching were all wrongful convictions. I know two of them were from New York. Really? One of them is a uh, Jeffrey Deskovic. He was 17 years old and they convicted him for rape and murder of a, a classmate. And he went mm. to like an adult prison and he literally almost finished his sentence. They gave him 15 to life and he finished his 15 years before they finally um, th the thing was, no, the DNA matched him. So the innocence project mm. was reluctant to take him on because they rely heavily on DNA to reverse convictions. Mm -hmm. but what they did do was run the DNA they had. And by that time, the guy that did do it was in the system for another murder. And they were able to prove right. that he did it and not him, but he's got an amazing story. And we're, we're supposed to have a scheduled, uh, interview coming up real soon. And he, it was in upstate New York. I want to say. I'll say Rochester somewhere, somewhere around New York, uh, mm -hmm. New York. But I mean, it's, I was just like, damn, well, the courts are really fucked up up there in New York. If all these people were, it's just like every story, New York, New York, New York. I'm I wonder like, why. I don't know. I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. I have to get Michael Dowd on the case for this one. Yes. We're going to need Michael. <laughs> you know, I've never been accused of murder, but I've been accused of hacking IMDB accounts, actually. Hacking IMDB. A producer. Yeah. A producer, he apologized three times and once on camera after, but 
he actually like unfriended me and I didn't hear from him for a while. I thought I was hacking IMDb accounts. I said, motherfucker, I'm, I'm locked out of my own IMDb account. I can't get in my own. I wish I could hack. And he's like, oh, I know you're really savvy. So I thought it was you. And it's like, wow, you know, hey, yeah. uh, you think I'm so happy? I'm hacking IMDb. I'm a hacker. That's actually my first film role, by the way, a Russian hacker. So, you know, it's very interesting what people will accuse you of. Have you ever been accused of something that you didn't do? Uh, as a matter of fact, I have. Um, Can you share it <laughs> or no? <laughs> not, not at the moment, not at the moment, but it's coming. We'll I put that on the shelf. Yeah, okay. we're gonna put that on the shelf. We'll have to do a, we'll have to do a part two. But that's uh that's mm-hmm. actually kind of why I'm, I'm digging into these wrongful convictions. I gotta wait and get some, uh, some, some permissions before I go into it. So that yeah. definitely be a, a part two. But I know people that have, uh, and, and even not even necessarily stuff that's uh, serious. You know, I've, I've been in jobs before where they've accused people of doing certain things. There was this, um, it was almost like a rash, I won't say robberies, but lockers kept getting broken into. Mm-hmm. And everybody was just assuming that it was the guy that was always coming in later than everyone else. But that was his schedule to come in late. Mm-hmm. Well, they put in a, uh, I guess a camera or security camera that nobody knew about. They put it kind of like up in the ceiling into the area where the lockers were. And they found out that it was actually one of the custodians that was coming in there and going through the lockers because he had the key. Uh, right. And he was able to come in and kind of go through it undetected. So, and, and that was a big deal. Like that dude got pissed and he was about to quit because they were like, literally took him into office and was oh, man. to him about it. Yeah. So you know, getting accused of something that you really didn't do is that it can take a long time to get over. Um, yeah. Yeah. When I accuse people of things, it doesn't happen much, but I've, I've, I've made a few not acute accusations, but I've had to do some questioning just this year, a few times. And my tactic, not that I'm uh, any expert on accusing or getting information. Do not text the question. Do not call. Do not do a video call. You go to that person. You feel their energy. You get close mm-hmm. to them. You look them in the eye. You give them no warning and just boom, ask the question. That's how you do it. Because I told all these people are dating girls, guys, and they don't. They want to know this. They want to know that. And I'm like, stop with the texting. Stop with the calls face to face, and you'll know. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Read, read the energy because if, if you do that, then they get a chance. They can pretend they didn't read it. Or didn't see it, or oh, I was busy. I didn't have a chance to respond. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. they're trying to come up with a a rational mm-hmm. explanation or a, a way out of it. So no, you're ex- you're exactly right. And and what you want is that initial. You want that initial, and that's going to tell you everything. And you're good. Yeah. And yeah. the problem is, I think most people, when they find something out, the, a lot of people don't have the willpower to wait. They want to know mm-hmm. like immediately. Mm-hmm. They want it because yeah. I've seen that with people like I'm fixing to call his ass right. I was like, you don't, right. don't call him. You right. know, he can say or do anything. And then by the time you hang up the phone, he can he can already be covering his tracks. So like you need to exactly sit back, chill out, wait a minute and then do a little more investigating. You know, don't let on, don't let on that. You already know, you know, they, yeah. they don't know that, you know, that they know type thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So I some of the well. some of the movies that I've seen you in though a lot of them are the uh, horror movies. You a big horror movie fan? Everyone asks me that, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm really fucking honest. No, 
<laughs> I don't like horror movies. I don't fucking care about how I'm com- I don't care about comics. I host a comic book show and I host the comic book sales thing. But the funny thing is, um, I like life. I like people. I love filming horror movies and I like the comedic aspect. So if the scenes are funny, which they often are, mm-hmm. um, filming, filming horror is hilarious. I mean, okay. it's just, it's always hysterical. So that's interesting. You like filming horror movies, but as far as so like fun. you sitting down, you're not going to w- be watching a horror movie. No, see that screen behind me. I watched like one or two episodes of Dahmer. I was freaked out for hours. <laughs> I'm looking around and I'm like, you know, I'm never going to be able to be alone. So Hostel 2 is why I'm so adamant on this. If I sound very anti-horror, it's because Hostel 2 ruined my life for two years. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit. I want to break up with my boyfriend. I'm not going to be able to break up with them because I need someone to sleep with me every single night because of this fucking movie hostile too. So I gave myself two years to learn how to be by myself because that movie scared me so much. And I'm not going back there hostile too. So no horror movies. Like I'm not going to be able to be alone for 15 minutes and you're going to see me married. You're going to see me always, always with a plus one or plus two because I'm scared all the time. So no, that's why I don't watch horror movies because I need my space and I can't have someone here every hour of every day. That's why I don't watch horror movies, personal space. Huh, it makes sense. Um, I I love yeah, horror movies. I, I grew up on horror movies, so it's kind of like always been, uh, you know, my little staple. And you know, I think I was even at a young age, I was able to kind of comprehend that you know the the Jasons and the Freddies and the Michael Myers, Hellraiser, and all those things. They were mm-hmm. characters and figments of my imagine, or not my imagination, but you know, made up characters. They weren't real. But as I right. got older, and then you started getting more films made about you know, stuff a little bit closer to real life, like, you know, exorcist, demonic possession, stuff like that. Right. Then it gets a little more um, scary. Yeah. Yeah. Someone can capture you while you're traveling and then like pull your fingernails off. Now, what scares you? <sighs> Believe it or not, like the dark scares me, like being Thank in the you. dark. I-, I need a light. I don't okay. I, I don't think I've ever went to sleep in a room, hotel, anything where I didn't have the TV on. Like I need the TV oh, on. I don't give a shit what it's on. It can be on the news, it huh. can be on Care Bears, whatever. It can be on a horror movie. I don't care. I just need the light and noise. I hate the dark. Cause I remember one night I was sitting at home. It was when we first moved to the house we're in now. And there was a mm. transition. My son was finishing school you know, where they were at. So I was here by myself and it's a pretty, it's a two story house and you know, it's, it can be quite uh intimidating alone and I'm sitting downstairs mm-hmm. and of all the things I was watching, I was watching celebrity ghost stories. And I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that's, it's basically mm-hmm. celebrities just sharing stories of the paranormal or things that really scared them or whatever, but it's people that, you know, that you're familiar with, which right. celebrity ghost stories. And it was just the way they were doing it, the cinematic stuff. It really had like an unsolved mysteries feel to it. You know, the hairs on your arms would stood up and something happened. I was streaming and something happened and it stopped and like the lights cut off. And I was just like, oh, shit, I didn't have my phone by me. And I mean, it it was just really creeping me out. So I had to get up and turn some lights on. I, I do not like the dark. You just hearing that I'm scared. See, like that's how sensitive I am. I'm just listening to that, and now I'm I have this tension, and it's like I don't like the feeling in my body. I feel scared. And this is, I, I don't want to feel scared. I want to feel turned on and and ha ha ha. Yeah, that's what I want all the time. Well, yeah, 
I think uh, I, I don't want to feel scared in a sense of something that could really bad happen to me. But I think every once right. in a while, it's fun to have that scary. As long as you know that it's a movie, you know, the, when the movie's off, then the, the scare is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Life is scary enough. You know, I've had two friends, I have two friends. One one girl listens to murder mystery podcasts. A hundred percent of the time she's always here. That's a little worrisome. And then the other friend has all these satanic tattoos and it's like, and your dog's named Damien. I mean, should I worry? Are you, are you worshiping Satan and the devil, which I think one was, and are you, are you taking notes and trying to murder me? So I'm afraid of my own best friends. Well, that that's see, since doing this podcast, the people that I've talked to and the things that I looked up, I always say like, if somebody ever, like if I died and they had to like go through my browser history or, oh, you know, man. things I've looked, they're going to be like, what the fuck was this guy into? Cause I mean, you got death and unsolved crime and uh-huh. and drug dealers and drug smugglers and, and actors. Uh-huh. Like, like, what the hell was this guy doing? <laughs> but I uh, sounds like an interesting guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just like, you know, I know I'm gone, but just go ahead and go subscribe to the podcast, you know, start from episode one and, and work your way up. Um, there was a movie that recently come out. You may or may not have seen the previews for it, but it was called smile. Oh, okay. I don't know much about it. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Um, it, it got by a lot of people just because I think when you think smile, you don't think of anything sinister to go along I with do. that. No, you, I do. Well, you would. Yeah, I, don't trust, I don't trust people that smile too much. And if you really notice, I don't really. I almost never smile because I think it's inauthentic. I, 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 anyone that smiles a lot, I'm like, nah, I'm going to, I got to watch out for you, bro, because you're putting one on. I don't, I don't fucking trust you. So people that smile a lot, they're scary. They're scary. <laughs> well, this yeah. movie would, would, would get you because like the, ba- the basis of it is, uh, I don't, I forgot exactly how it starts, but basically like one person commits suicide. So the person in front of them sees it. So whatever demon that was, it was in the the person that committed suicide, then jumps to the person that sees it. And so a never ending type thing. So the lead Uh, character is a therapist and she's in there talking to this girl and she's like, you know, people think I'm crazy, but you know, it takes the place of my loved ones, but I can tell it's not them because they start smiling. And then all of a sudden she just starts freaking out. She's like, he's here. He's here. And she's running out of the room and the girl like around to go pick up the phone to call for help. And then when she turns back around, the girl's not screaming anymore. She's just standing there. She's just smiling at her and then just cuts her throat. And that now that demon is now into that girl. So the whole movie is, you know, she's talking to these people. She thinks it's really them. And then out of nowhere, they just start to give this big ass smile. And it is so creepy that just a smile. I was like, I don't want nobody to smile at me for a fucking month. Like if you're not (laughs) frowning, don't even look my way. Cause it was, it was really well done. And those are like suicide COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Suicide code. Maybe Dr. Fauci can make a vaccine for that. You know, he seems to be able to make a vaccine for everything. I don't want to get you kicked off, so I'm not going to go on about that. But I think Dr. Fauci <laughs> has a uh, smile problem. Your Fauci song. I heard that the other day. You know, I thought that was my idea. And then I see uh, Primetime 99 has an ouchy Fauci song. I'm listening. I'm literally for the third time listening to Primetime Stein, very funny comedian. And I'm like, this guy reminds me of myself. And I'm I'm in the shower. I'm like, you kind of reminds me of myself. And he goes, my ouchie Fauci song. And I was like, it's on my calendar. 
to write notes for, for you, which I didn't do. I didn't come on. I was going to prepare for this. I did not prepare at all, but I'm like, I, you know, that, that, that's oh, what I do. Gosh. And I was going to write an Algie Fauci song and I see it already exists, you know, so that's, I'm, I guess a lot of people, I have a lot to say about the Algie Fauci and they want to think about it. Oh, they I'm think sure. about it. Yeah. I, I interviewed a nurse uh, back. She was like my sixth or seventh episode. Um, actually like nurse, it was still working at the time. And mm-hmm. she had a lot to say about a lot of the money that went places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, I, I don't want to risk getting a, a, a ban off yeah. YouTube, but you know where I'm going with that. The money that going to hospitals weren't going places and it wasn't going to them. Even all the overtime they were getting, the deal was like you had to sign up for so many days, but if you missed any of those days, just say if you had to work uh-huh. eight extra overtime days out of the year. Well, you miss right. the last one. You don't get paid for any of those other ones. That bonus is gone. What? Okay. Yeah. You, you got paid oh, for working, but it's like, uh, it's, uh, co- it's, you'll be able to tell it. I can't remember the name of it because it's been so damn long, but, uh, uh-huh. professions uh-huh. of a frontline healthcare worker, I think is the name of it. Okay. It's, it's back. Well, towards the beginning. Yeah. Well, that's putting yourself on the line. There's a lot of people that I personally know. I'm sure, you know, people do that would, I, I know dozens of people that have information uh, that make the rules and they can't mm-hmm. say anything because they don't want to risk their safety. Well, we didn't do video with her for that reason. So that one's not on the YouTube, okay. just on audio. Um, and then obviously we didn't use a real name. We called her Nurse Ratchet. But uh, <laughs> okay, okay. But um, I was going to say, I'm like, this girl is wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, we wanted to protect her, obviously, you know, she's, yeah, coming on and she's talking to us. So we didn't want to put her, you know, out there like that and put her in danger in yeah. her job because obviously nurses are paid very well. And well, yeah, at that point, they should have been making a whole lot more. And that's yeah. what shocked me the other week when I went, I was feeling bad. And then he's like, you got the flu. And I'm like, I didn't think that existed anymore. Like, what the hell is back? Right, right. right. I'm mean, back like 90s fashion. <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird time. There's a lot of people putting themselves on the line. I remember a friend, his mom was a respiratory therapist. So a lot of respiratory therapists had a lot to say, especially in, you know, March, 2020, oh, yeah. April, that was, people wanted to know, how do we breathe? People have breathing problems. And he said, I don't care. She doesn't care. We'll risk it all on the line, to, you know, to talk with you. And I said, I don't really feel comfortable because it's going to be thanks to me <laughs> that you guys are going to be bothered by the public. So yeah. I actually said, why don't you just, you know, out yourselves on your own channel? Because I don't want to be responsible for house break-ins or yeah. God knows what can happen, murder, yeah. you know, or just unfriending. I don't want to even be unfriending. I'm responsible for an unfriending. Yeah, that's that's the crazy thing that went on. So many people were like unfriending people for that, and I'm just like, I've got a friend of mine. We agree on nothing, but we've been friends okay. since high school. Like, we don't agree on TV shows. We don't agree on on women. We don't agree on cars. We don't agree on politics. Wow. But like we're still friends to this day. Like he's my probably my best friend. But what I was do you like, connect on entertainment. Okay. Entertainment and the fact that I think had we both been in better maybe financial situations, we probably would have went to film school. We both really wanted to go to mm-hmm. full sale. Um, in fact, he actually started this podcast with me. I don't know how far you've ever went back in in any mm-hmm. of my episodes, but before I went and started doing interviews that went up on YouTube me and him done it together about different subjects. So on the audio platform, um, it's me and another guy. And his actual name is Jaeger, like the drink. It's not spelled, okay. the name, but his name is Jaeger. And we done it for it's been, it's a couple months. 
And then, I mean, I knew from the get-go he wasn't going to be in it for the long haul, but it worked out because it, it rolled long enough until I started being able to get a lot of interviews booked up. And then he was like, all right, you know, you got it from here. I know, you know, I got faith in you. And I wasn't mad because that's, I knew that's how it was going to be. But that's what we've kind of always connected on. We were wrestling we were in high school. Yeah, we were we were totally opposites. I mean, he's really big. Like that could be good. Okay. Yeah. So that's he was a uh, he was a photographer at my wedding. Do you think that you could be married to someone who's like a complete opposite if you don't connect on a lot of things? No. <laughs> they say opposites attract, but I. I don't know because me and my wife, we, we agree on a lot. She does not like horror movies or anything too serious. Like mm -hmm. uh, I watch a lot of documentaries and stuff like that on, you know, unsolved cases, unsolved this, that she doesn't, she needs comedy before she goes to bed. Okay. Um, doesn't watch horror movies, but outside of that, like we both have the same interests. We both like the same types of music, which is a broad stroke. Uh, you know, it's it could be rap one day, it could be rock, it could be country. You know, we were both very, very diverse in our music taste. So that puts us where we can go to any bar and have a good time or hang out and you know enjoy ourselves. Whether it's actually country. that there there's a study I read it probably 2012 to 2014, an actual study. There's probably multiple. Simply put, if you enjoy the same music taste or similar you're more likely going to be romantically compatible. And the way I'd explain it is like radio stations and sound. Yeah. People even say they, they, that spirit uh, or aliens or, or humans can identify you just by your voice and the resonance and you carry so much information in your voice and sound. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've noticed that too. I, I, I saw someone for years on and off and musically, <laughs> I hate, like everything he like show tunes he actually sang me i think he sang me as a treat like a broadway show tune i don't give a fuck about broadway i want to listen to ice cube you can do it i, I don't i want to i mean i want to listen to marilyn manson the beautiful people or even feeling apple i don't listen to a man a grown man sing me a show tune like what the hell so uh yeah no we weren't compatible and and, and many many examples of that yeah so music. music that's why yeah. i think i have faith in your in your marriage because of your yeah. similar music taste yeah, that's, that's key. Exactly. we met on a dance floor. Um, we were in a she it, it's oh, crazy okay. how we met because like she was at a club that was club was really hot at the time and it burnt down and then it reopened. It was really hot. Yeah, it was really hot. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time it reopened, yeah. you know, there was a lot of steam behind the reopening. It was like, all right, oh, so and so's open back up, everybody's going there. So she came right. one weekend and I didn't see her, I didn't bump into her, I didn't know her at all. Uh, we didn't know each other. But she bumped into a classmate of mine, and I guess they got to talking outside. Well, then the following weekend, they came back. I just happened to be talking to that classmate, and she waved at her. And I'm so, you know, I hadn't seen her before, and I was like, who's that? You know, oh, that's my friend Felicia. You know, I met her out here last week. I'm like, well, you need to do your friendly duties and introduce me to this broad over here. So <laughs> over there, and then, you know, the rest is history, as they say. We've been tearing it up on the dance floor ever since, so... You know, it yeah, was one of the things that right off the bat, you know, we were compatible on the dance floor. We both like the same types of music. We both enjoy going to concerts and it's been, you know, rap concerts, rock concerts. One of the coolest mm -hmm. things that we've been able to do lately is we caught the uh, 
the 80s resurgence tour they're doing with uh poison and um who all was in there poison joan jet uh motley crew and def leppard wow yeah that was a hell of a lineup but the when def leppard come on they closed the show and it was hot it was really hot and then it started to get cool and okay. it started raining and like when I say raining, I'm talking pouring fucking rain. But like they didn't. I was like, oh, they might have to stop this show. It wasn't lightning, but it yeah. was. Raining. And he was like, oh, we got equipment. We've been doing this 40 something years. He's like, we don't stop for no rain. I don't know about y'all. And they just played. Wow. And it was like they were playing. And then the lights were going and you're looking up and it was just it was so cool. I was soaked to death. Like, I mean, just there wasn't a dry spot on me, but it was just really cool. It was one of them things where like you did. You just didn't care. You just didn't care. I wet Yeah. You. And nobody left, like no, it, no, nobody. Rain is very cathartic, like rains and showers. Yeah, a, a hot rain. I mean, it can change your whole physiology. Some people say, I mean, some people yeah. spiritually would say, go out in the rain and shower and it'll change everything about you. If maybe if you believe it will. Yeah. But yeah. So you're I'm really sure in your touch with your spiritual experience. Yeah. You're, you're really in touch with your spiritual side. I can, I can see that you believe a lot in that. Yeah, I'm not religious, uh, but I guess spiritual uh, rules of moral code, kind of like martial yeah. arts. They talk about like rules of honor. Um, mm. I'm big into that. <laughs> I don't really do much martial arts. I mean, I've done some sword fitness stuff, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really big on honor, doing the right thing, pay it forward, and it's, it's, uh, that's pretty much rules everything around me. It's like honor and rules everything around me, not cash. Rules everything around me. There you go. Yeah, I should be more cash focused. So what is your what is your goal like moving forward? What if you had your way, what would you be doing 10 years from now? Where would you be at? 10 years, I'd be 48. Um, I mean, truthfully, this the the plan, I'm not sure of the exact timeline. And I often say two years to 10 years, I'll be doing a lot of entertainment work, always part-time health. I wrote a health guidebook years ago, but very simply put, I created a health protocol that's helped some people and it's helped some people a lot, like some people suicidally or or, or my radio host, Charlie Saladino, said that truthfully many times that he doesn't think he would be alive through COVID if I didn't help him with his health, with my health protocol. So very simply put, um, one day I would like to go back into teaching this protocol that has been life-changing and life-saving on more of a full-time basis as I used to do, but with the current climate, um, with sharing cures that are not related to pharmaceuticals, it's not a kind world, Yeah. simply put. And I kept falling into acting and hosting and modeling and radio. I've been literally falling into things, even stand-up comedy. I did not agree to do my first stand-up comedy show. I agreed by accident. I've like fallen into all this stuff one by one, even songs. Um, so if I keep falling into this entertainment business, the plan is to build a platform and then eventually, hopefully the world will have less censorship and go back into teaching health and meld the two, um, meld live events with my old health classes. So think of fun health classes and dancing stuff. And my class, my fitness classes were crazy. Mix it with stand-up comedy and yeah. concert and movies. <laughs> yeah because health alone is kind of boring you know all these health people are like i'm gonna wake up at six in the morning and it's like i was part of that world but yeah. i was always like this is kind of fucking lame 
why do we have to have this attitude to take it so seriously? It's like, why can't, why do I have to talk a certain way? Okay, lift your legs, do this. Why do I have to do that to get people healthier? So yeah, so you'll see in 10, 20 years, I'll be merging together entertainment and health. And the two words, the worlds that often don't go together. They don't, they often don't mix. That's like crime and entertainment, almost the show name there. You don't really hear those two together like that. Yes. My dad asked me, he's like, how do they go together? So I was trying to explain them. He's like, like law and order. Is that crime and entertainment? <laughs> he's trying to understand your show. <laughs> well, the, the basis of it was, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do because when I started this, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of true crime, which I think most of America did during the pandemic. I think podcasts really kind of not blew up. They were already a thing, but I think it definitely kind of had a, an insurgence and then people doing their own things. And, you know, I really got kind of immersed in a lot of the true crime stuff. And so that was initially going to be it. And then I got to looking and I was just like, man, there's a gajillion crew true crime podcast like it's going to be very hard to make a niche or to gain a following i said but if we switch it up and do crime and entertainment that opens the door to really whatever mm -hmm. i want to do so it doesn't always have to be crime related so that entertainment aspect of it was kind of just my my way out to interview you know, people like yourself or people in the wrestling industry or, you know, former wrestlers or people in, you know, actors, um, some of which who played criminals, some haven't, but, you know, comedians, we've had them on the show, singers, uh, you know, it's just been a very eclectic group. We've had lawyers on the show. I had the former mayor of Las Vegas on the show. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that was yeah, both. I mean he was very entertaining and he, he represented, if you ever seen the movie Casino um, with yes. uh, Pesci and Robert De Niro. Okay, I so was just looking at a poster of that movie right before the show started. That's weird that you mentioned that. Well, that's the, he represented all those guys. And, and in fact, there's a scene in court where Robert De Niro is in court. His lawyer is him. His name's Oscar Goodman. And he was basically mm -hmm. dubbed the mob lawyer. He represented mob guys all over. And then mm -hmm. once he quit practicing law, he ran for mayor. And he won it and he was the mayor out there for as long as you could be. I think two or three terms he done the max. And now his wife's actually the mayor and he did not do a lot of interviews, especially, you know, zoom podcast. Um, so I'm right. one of the only ones on zoom that he's actually ever Very done. Cool. Yeah. So I was really proud of that one. That's all <laughs> crime and entertainment. You know, I mean, a crime's not really worth doing if it's not entertaining, you know, exactly. I mean, every time I, I really haven't hurt, people in my life i don't it's very very few physical altercations but one of my fantasies is to shove a turkey sandwich down someone's throat just they're in the middle of talking i'm like turkey sandwich uh! and you just stick a turkey sandwich more like a turkey hero it was really more of a hero technically yeah. long and just uh, i think that would be such a great way to you know kind of fuck someone up a little bit <laughs> <laughs> well see that's a scene for a crime whole and entertaining that, that is crime and entertainment. That's a scene for the horror movie, though, which you yeah. like filming. You just I guess as long as you're doing it, yeah. it's not that, it's not that bad. You can handle it as long as you're not watching it on TV. Well, my idea is I have a Santa film and at the end, uh, Santa would mess someone up who was stealing the entire neighborhood's Christmas decorations. And Santa would stick a turkey hero down their throat and they go, don't fuck with Christmas. <sighs> That would be yeah. part of it. It's a whole, it's a whole scene where they, where this person gets beat up in the grocery store aisle. 
I got it all. I got it all in my head. That's one of my fantasy fight scenes. It'd be so great. Drag someone down an aisle in the fluorescent lights and beat them up in front of everyone, throw cans at them, stomp on them, and say, don't fuck with Christmas. (laughs) That's a fucking great crime scene. That's great. Fucking great. I mean, I got to film it. It's got to happen. You got to. I seen a movie coming out the other day of like a Santa coming in a house with some robbers in there. And he's like kicking the shit out of all of them. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it. I know John Leguizamo was in it. He's like the bad guy. Huh. They're in the house to rob it. And the huh. Santa comes in and the kid thinks it's really Santa, but he's like fucking people up in there. I don't, I can't remember the name of it, but he it uh, very weird. Cool. looks kind of like a over the top action movie, you know, that's that, you know, what you're going into, not like a, a real action, but just a way over the top, really, yeah. really out there action movie that you're going into. Yeah. I feel like they should just redo every Steven Seagal movie. Maybe I'll do this and I'll just replace Steven Seagal with Santa. Like, yes. Under like, siege. Yeah. Santa under siege. Santa's going to take care of business, you know, risky business, Santa. <laughs> so, I mean, you're really into your health. You're into your acting. You're into you know, the comedy a little bit. What do you do? What, what does L man do for fun? Like, or do you have time for fun right now? That is what you do for fun. That is. Yeah. I decided probably 15 years ago. I'm like, I'm just going to take every single thing that I think is fun and cool. And why don't I become a professional at it on some level, either low level professional or higher and just make all my hobbies, my work. So something I'll accept lower pay for them because i'm like i'm everything is pretty much for fun and i want my work to just be something that like i look at my dad he's a dentist he runs a dental office working all the time not that much time for social life but he loves it so much he's such a fucking nerd he loves playing with teeth and he loves talking to his patients they have such a good rapport that he doesn't ever want to hang out and it's like when i'm on a film set for example we wrap tiger babes i had so much fun with everyone i'm so creative that I don't need to be like, oh, I really need to go to dinner. I really need to get a drink. It's like, that's more fun than going to any dinner, going to any drink and going to almost any party. So yeah, making my life just fun. And now at 38, I'm doing it. But, you know, at 30, I had to hustle. I had to go to cosmetology school. I went to acting classes. Am I still a good actress? Yes and no, no and yes. (laughs) But it's like, you know, you put the work in and then all the things you like to do for fun on some level, you can, you can do them, you know get paid and more of like a professional career level. Yeah. And I mean, I'm kind of getting to that point too, to where like, I enjoy, I wouldn't consider like, you know, what the dinner and everything we had after that, that show in New York party, right. but it, I enjoyed that because it was networking. Like I met you and I met Jason, right. and I met Tommy flash, and I was meeting all these new people. That was the first time I'd ever met, you know, Michael Dowd and then John Livia, who runs a serious right. podcast. Uh, Nick Christopher's who by that time I had interviewed, but I had never met him like personally. So that was just like really cool to, you know, go to something like that, meet mm-hmm, meet mm-hmm. people in person and network and help get your brand out there. That's kind of like where I'm going. That's what I want to do. Be, be yeah. more into that and, and grow the brand. Even if it doesn't grow my brand, even if it just, you never know what door will open for a connection for, for anything right. it could be a job, right. you know, it, there's no telling what it could be. So just kind of definitely an enlightening dinner. And we met at the dinner. Actually, if we, if I didn't go to dinner, I, I wouldn't have met you, but I think that's the last time that I went to dinner. It's so rare and few and far between. And this is a very juicy thing to say. And I'm going to acknowledge that I sound like a total fucking bomb for saying, it. and maybe I am a fucking bomb, but this is the truth. 
I said this on the phone to someone very famous who called me a couple of days ago. My cast means something wants to meet for dinner. And I said, I don't really like to meet for dinner. Like I like to go for hikes. Can we just like walk and talk on a hike? And he's like, you know, set on this dinner thing. And I'm like, I kind of hate, I never go to fucking dinner, whatever. But my, I said, I said to him, I said, the truth is, unless you can give a Ted talk or you're paid to speak, I don't go to dinner with you. And I don't want to go to dinner with you. Cause the worst thing is sitting across from someone. And I mean, if it's going to be that good where I can quote you when people pay to hear you, then I can deal with spending valuable time at dinner fine but otherwise I come home and I'm so I'm actually depressed I'm like what did I do with the last hour and a half to four hours of my life I didn't learn anything yeah like what am I doing just dish out money it's horrible so that's the rule yeah I I know exactly what you're talking about because I've got a really bad habit of just kind of getting lost and knowing I have stuff to do but I'll just be searching mm-hmm. through my phone, looking at YouTube videos or, or all kind of stuff. And in a way it's work because I'm looking at different stuff, but it's really mm-hmm. just killing time. And then I look and I'm just like, damn, that's two hours went by. I could have edited yeah. a video, posted something else, come up with shorts, come up with clips, something else. So I know exactly what you're saying with that. Yeah. The time management thing. It's like, I'm so crazy about it. It just time just, it just slips through my fingers. It just, it gets away from you. <laughs> Well, speaking of time, I've had you about an hour and I hate keeping people over an hour, but I've definitely had a good time. This was a great talk. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. We will definitely have to get together next time I come back up to New York, which hopefully will be soon because I'm really, I was so pissed I missed that last one because by Saturday, I actually started feeling a little bit better, but it was like Saturday night. So, you know, there was, we're just getting started. I just, I know I'm getting started. I guarantee you in two years, We'll have much greater things to invite you to. So no FOMO. All and that's good. and that's cool because it's only like an hour and a half away. Like you, you get in the plane, you go up, you get your drink, oh, you finish okay. your drink, and then you're going down. So it's, it doesn't take long to get there at all. So that's a great sales pitch for traveling. Absolutely. Well, t- uh, if you got any, you want to tell everybody, you know, where to go to follow you, your t- YouTube sure, sure. channel, social medias. Just, just Google L man, E-L man, the man. Uh, you'll find me possibly on Facebook, but I think they blocked me for some strange reason. Jen is L man on Instagram and, uh, just Google that shit. Uh, Jen Elise Feldy, if you can't find anything and, uh, if you can't find it, it's just tough. Who cares? You know, I'll I'll make it easy for them. I'll put some of the links in the show notes down there. So you, they, (laughs) all they got to do is click. I felt bad because I couldn't find you on Instagram, but I think I added you like a week ago because you shared a real of mine. So oh, I guess yeah. you were following mm-hmm. me and I was like, Oh, I know who that is. And I, 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 I was looking, but I never could find that for some reason. It's yeah, like Jen L man. Like what's that? What? Yeah. Very confusing. And I'm like Diddy though. I'm like Diddy. I change my name every year. So whatever. Yeah. Okay. yeah. P Diddy, Puff Daddy, P Combs. Uh, did you see him in the Joker outfit? I did not. He was in my dream though. Last week I had dreamed that I was making a song with him, but no, I, 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 was, just, I was just thinking about the Joker. I got to see that. He, I heard the audio. I thought he lost his fucking mind. Like he was about to fight like an actor from power. He was on the streets and he kept like <laughs> doubled over laughing and he was laughing like the Joker. And I mean, he had a great costume, but he was, just, I was like, he's either drunk or he's really letting this damn Joker thing go to his head. Like, yeah. He, I mean, yeah. You got to Google, it. just Google, Google P Diddy Joker. And just I take heard a look the at audio. It. I heard some of the audio. Like, it was great. I, I fucking love Diddy. I mean, he's just awesome. I dream. I dream about making a song with him. Like we were doing the overlays. We already laid everything down, and it's when you go in, you just go, yeah. mm, like you're kind of harmonizing. They call it, mm, or, 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 and we were doing that. <laughs> so in my dream, he was fucking cool. 
bad girl for life. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, we definitely want to have you back on the show later on down the road, and hopefully we'll get back up to New York and we'll do some content together real, real soon. I appreciate you stopping by the show very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You look marvelous, and thanks for having me. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Hollywood Wade. That was L-Man, and unfortunately, we are out of time. So tune in next week for an all-new episode of Crime and Entertainment. See you, Jen. Oh, boy, oh, boy, folks, I know that was a good episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got a few more we're about to drop, so you can binge Crime and Entertainment here in the first week of 2023 if you want to. Hopefully you enjoyed that with L-Man. Go check her out, her YouTube channel, or Facebook. Give her a follow. Lots of good stuff coming out from L-Man there. As far as Crime and Entertainment, you know the deal, folks. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your podcast. Like us, share us, five hardest five stars, purple hearts, rabbit's feet, whatever you can do to help drive us up the charts. So Hollywood sure appreciates it. I'm not going to hold you because I got a lot more episodes to drop. So that was L man. I'm Hollywood Wade. We'll see you next week on crime and entertainment. (laughs) 